Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Tonight we're talking about a really wild case that is technically solved, but there's still so many unanswered questions. This is the story of Trey Zwicker, a teenager who was violently murdered by his stepfather, Josh Gauker. Or was he? While Josh Gauker sits in prison after having confessed to the murder, His own son, Josh Young, has also confessed to Trey's murder. So what happened to Trey's wicker? Who really killed him and why? This is the story of a truly dysfunctional family and the massive damage that they caused to so many lives. One woman who was personally hurt from coming into contact with Josh Kauker is his former fiance, Nicolette Pribble. And I'm so thankful to have had an opportunity to speak with her about this whole situation. She is another victim of Josh Gauker. The things that you will hear from her will shock you and leave you wondering if what you thought you knew about this case is the truth or if there is a whole other layer that needs to be considered. Usually I like to start my episodes by talking about the victim in the murder, which is Trey's wicker, but this is such a complicated and complex case due to the relationships of everyone involved. I think we need to start with Josh Gauker and his family. Josh Gauker has always been in trouble. My name is Nicolette Pribble and I grew up with Josh in church from the time I was like five until we were 16. And then he moved to Kentucky to live with his mom. He was always a troublemaker. He would just get in trouble for making fun of other kids and just being a troublemaker. I had heard that he would run them over with a lawnmower. I I think it was who he was, but his dad was really strict. We grew up in church. We were apostolic, Pentecostal, really strict. We had TV. His dad didn't even have a TV. What I also found out a long time after was that his dad, that I thought was his dad, was his adoptive dad. He had a biological dad, so I don't think he knew him, but his mom and dad divorced when they were young, and um, his mom moved to Kentucky, and she was a heroin addict, and his dad was a preacher and really strict. Josh had his own son, also named Josh, with a woman by the name of Angelina Young. So to make things a little bit more clear from here on out, 
I'm going to refer to Josh Goker as Big Josh and Josh Young as Little Josh. For some reason, Josh Young actually took his mother's maiden name. Little Josh had a really difficult upbringing. He was hardly ever in the care of either of his parents. His father, Big Josh, was constantly in and out of jail. Some of his charges included theft, unlawful imprisonment, and assault on a police officer. It was probably for the best that he wasn't in Little Josh's life for the most part, because Big Josh has always been a violent individual. Unfortunately, Little Josh's mother was no better. She battled with alcohol and drug addiction, and on Easter Sunday 2010, during a visitation, his mother would die of a drug overdose. Little Josh, only a small child then, would be the one to find her body, which would be incredibly traumatic for a child. With Big Josh still in prison, Little Josh would continue to live in foster care. He went through several different homes and seemed to be doing well and thriving with the last set of foster parents he was placed with. Now, while Big Josh has been in and out of prison pretty much his whole life, that didn't stop him from maintaining relationships. He was even able to get married at one point to a woman named Amanda McFarland. Amanda was the mother of Trey Zwicker, who she had conceived with her ex-husband, Terry Zwicker. Big Josh and Amanda were very much off and on the entire time they knew each other. At one point, Amanda tried to divorce Big Josh while he was in prison and sent him the divorce paperwork. However, Big Josh just didn't sign them. He told Amanda that he had signed them, and I guess she never really checked to confirm it, because she would go on to marry a third man while Josh was still in prison. However, this was never really a legal marriage because, technically, she was still married to Big Josh. This was around the time that Nicolette decided to write Big Josh in prison. Of course, he lied to her too, saying that he was actually divorced from Amanda, and so the two began a romantic relationship, first from prison and then in the real world. When little Josh was just 15 years old and still living in foster care, Big Josh was released from prison, and he decided to fight for custody of his son. It's crazy to me, given Big Josh's violent background and history of arrests, but the judge granted him custody. To me, this speaks volumes about the way that Big Josh is able to manipulate other people into believing him and doing things for him, to the point that a judge would actually allow him to have full custody of a child. So, Big Josh gets out of prison, and Little Josh, not really knowing his father, goes to live with him. Little Josh, being only 15 years old at the time and incredibly impressionable, idolizes his father. See, what I felt was that Josh Young really just wanted a family, and that's all I wanted for him. And I think he did, he, looked, he just wanted his dad in his life, I think. He didn't see his criminal history as a negative. He really looked up to him and admired him. He saw him as somewhat of a celebrity, and he tried to emulate him. He wanted to make his father proud, and it's clear that he would have done anything that his father asked of him. Now, this is when the world of Josh Young, a.k.a. Little Josh, and Trey Zwicker would collide. Amanda and Big Josh seemingly picked up their on-again, off-again relationship, which made Little Josh and Trey kind of like stepbrothers. Much like Little Josh, Trey didn't see a whole lot of his father, Terry, so the two had that in common. Plus, there was only about a year age difference between the two. It was a really messed up family dynamic. 
Big Josh and Amanda were very hot and cold, off and on, living at her home sometimes and elsewhere other times. And remember, while all of this is going on and Amanda and Big Josh are playing house and still technically married, Big Josh is also continuing his relationship with his fiancée, Nicolette. I still thought at that time he kept saying he had the divorce taken care of because that was after I found out that he was still married. But he acted like it was just something that was like paperwork that didn't get filed or something, you know. He... He knew he was married at this time. I bought a wedding dress. I bought, um, my friends bought uh, bridesmaids dresses. I mean, I was buying garters and flower girl dresses and all this stuff. And my friend had um, wedding shower invitations ready to send out, like ready to go in the mail. She just hadn't done it yet, luckily, I guess. I think we broke up, but he kept calling me because I didn't want to be with him if he was so married. And then, I don't know, we ended up getting back together. And with all of the lies, the manipulation, the on-again, off-again relationships, this would set everything into motion, leading up to the violent and totally preventable death of Trey's Wicker. When Big Josh wasn't living with Amanda because they were off again at the time, he lived with his cousin Cassie Gauker. Now, it's been rumored that Big Josh was actually having a sexual relationship with his cousin Cassie, and multiple sources have backed this up. Big Josh was known to balance sexual relationships at multiple times with multiple women, with little Josh lying for him whenever he needed to. In my opinion, it's doubtful he ever really cared for any of them. And once we move forward in this story, I think you'll see that Big Josh really wasn't capable of loving anyone but himself. Still, this is where the worlds of Trey's Wicker and Big Josh and Little Josh would collide. And although there was somewhat of a stepbrother and stepfather type relationship, things were still really complicated. And even with Trey and Little Josh being close in age, that doesn't mean they got along. They were very different people, and they were known to get into a lot of fights with each other. Little Josh would later go as far as to say, but to keep it real, I don't consider him my stepbrother. I mean, my dad was just having sex with his mom, but my dad was also having sex with a lot of other women. So it's unclear if they were even close at all. You know how teenage boys can be with masking their true intentions. It's difficult to tell whether he really cared about Trey or whether he was just another person in this complicated family dynamic. Now that we have a little background on who the key players of this story are, we can talk about what was going on when Trey was murdered and how this whole situation seemed to implode. Big Josh was living with his cousin, Cassie Gauker, the one he has sex with every so often, and she lived only two doors down from Amanda. But Big Josh would still frequently stay at Amanda's house with her two kids, including Trey. In December of 2010, Amanda learned that she was pregnant with Big Josh's baby, and initially, it's said that she was excited about it. However, that excitement didn't last long because during one tryst with cousin Cassie, Big Josh accidentally butt-dialed Amanda and she overheard him say that she was expendable. Yeah, you can't make this up. Amanda claims that after hearing this, she decided she didn't want to keep the baby and so instead, she had an abortion. This would become a point of contention for Big Josh and he would bring it up in court as one of the motives for what may have happened to Trey. 
Now, let's get to the day that Trey's wicker was discovered, murdered, and we'll back it up from there. In the early afternoon of May 11, 2011, around 1 p.m., a teacher at a nearby high school in Louisville took the kids out for a break. They were walking along the end of the school property near a ditch with a creek when one of the students shouted out that they thought they saw a body lying face down in the ditch. The police were called and the body was identified as belonging to 14-year-old Trey Zwicker. He had been badly beaten and was left face down in the mud in this ditch. The medical examiner would determine that Trey had been beaten to death with what he described as a rod-like object. And even if he had survived the beating, he would have been left to drown face down in a mud puddle. It was believed that Trey was punched in the eye, then he fell down, then took a brutal beating to his head and back. Trey had probably lived for several minutes before dying, so this was an absolute horrific beating. Both his mother and father were devastated, along with Trey's little sister and his other friends and family members. But two people who didn't seem bothered by Trey's violent murder were Little Josh and Big Josh, and people noticed. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough, especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. 
Police immediately got to work interviewing his family and getting their accounts of when they had last seen Trey. Trey's mother, Amanda, said the night before, on May 10th, they all had been at her place having a barbecue. Both her kids were there, along with Big Josh and Little Josh. She said she had last seen Trey around 10 p.m. that night when she had sent him to bed. After that, her and Big Josh spent the night together, and after having sex on the porch, the two had gone to a convenience store where they bought cigarettes. And the convenience store had video camera footage to confirm this story. Big Josh told the same story as Amanda that he saw Trey that evening at the barbecue, but spent most of the evening on the porch with Amanda having sex. But he also mentioned that there was a group of boys from the neighborhood that had conflict with Trey, and if anyone would hurt him, it was them. Little Josh was also interviewed, and in his first statement to police, he would say that they were inside playing video games at Amanda's after the barbecue, when Trey went to have a shower. When he got out of the shower, he was in changed clothes, and he saw him sneak out of the house out the back door. In a statement that he would give about a month later, little Josh would change some of those details, telling police that around 10 p.m. he saw Trey leave the room to go shower, but he never saw him when he got out because he immediately went to his cousin Cassie's to stay the night. And that was the last time that anyone saw Trey alive when he left home late the evening of May 10th after the barbecue. While the police continued their investigation into what happened to Trey, his parents prepared for his funeral. They were absolutely devastated at the loss of their child, with no idea of who may have possibly wanted to hurt him. But again, two people who didn't seem so upset at the brutal murder of Trey's wicker were Josh Gowker and Josh Young. And people were talking, which made them nervous. So the day after Trey's funeral, they split. They left town, which was a direct violation of Big Josh's probation. Not to mention, highly suspicious. The heat was really on both of the Joshes, because obviously innocent people don't just take off like that. He finally called me because I didn't talked to him for those, I think it was those next three days after I took him back, I couldn't get a hold of him. Then he had called me to tell me that Trey was murdered. And then he was talking about going on the run and asking me to go on the run. And I didn't understand why he would want to go on the run if he said he didn't do anything. The way he was talking, he was making it sound like he was going to come here. So I took my kids to my mother's just in case. Because I didn't want them there, obviously. After that happened, I got scared. And I was afraid he would show up. So um, I, I don't know if he said he was coming or he made it sound like he was coming or something. I worked and I was cleaning houses after work. Well, I took as long as I could on this house that I had to clean. I think he finally did call. He kept calling me. And... I think he left me a message saying he was at my house or something because I was ignoring his calls. Well, when I got home, him and little Josh were in my house and he had shut all my curtains and blinds and kept looking out, you know, like he was, you know, how guilty people do. And um, it was freaking me out. And we were sitting on the couch and I was just trying to play it cool or whatever. Little Josh was limping and had a bruised, swollen knee. He's, I can't remember what he said his dad did to him, but that made me more scared because I knew it was his dad's fault. 
And um, we were sitting there and all of a sudden, Big Josh just, it's like he snapped and he started choking me and accusing me of cheating on him, which I never did, but he did cheat on me. And he choked me until I couldn't breathe. Right before I passed out, he like snapped out of it. But then I put a frozen pizza in the oven. And when I was taking it out, he got this really long, like this long kitchen knife. And he put it in my throat. I really thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, little Josh was just standing there. I'm like thinking, why isn't he doing anything? But I'm like, well, he's probably afraid of his dad too. I don't know. He snapped out of that too and put the knife down or something, took it out of my throat. And it was, I was so scared that whole night. And I had to be there with him because I didn't know what to do. And it was crazy. But I had to work the next morning, I think. Luckily, so I was able to get out of the house then. I think he left later that day. He went to his dad's or something. Nearly a month passed after Trey's murder with very little new information regarding any leads or suspects other than Big Josh and Little Josh, but nobody could find them. Then, on June 12th, an emergency protective order was taken out by Trey's mother Amanda against Big Josh. Details in the protection order said that Amanda feared for her daughter's life and that Josh Gauker was suspected in her son's murder. Two days later, Big Josh missed his appointment to check in with his parole officer, which was a violation of his parole. So finally, police, they could step in and assist in trying to find him. An Amber Alert was issued for little Josh, who police believed was likely a victim of his father's, and the manhunt was on. As it would turn out, Big Josh and Little Josh had held a woman at gunpoint and forced her to drive them to Alabama. And while they were on the run, trying to get their story together, other people were talking to police, including Cousin Cassie. Remember, Little Josh reportedly spent the night at Cassie's house, the night of the murder. And Big Josh, well, he was way too close with Cousin Cassie, having a sexual relationship in the past, and they had even lived together at some point. So, what was Cousin Cassie saying to the police? The first time she had spoken to the police, she said she had no idea what had happened to Trey as she had gone to bed early that night with both of her kids. Well, while the Joshes were on the run, she had a change of heart, and police granted her immunity for her statement. In return, she confessed that little Josh had walked into her bedroom when she was asleep and said that he had killed Trey and he needed help getting rid of the evidence. And so, she took him to a random dumpster, where he disposed of the murder weapon and his clothing. She also agreed to have a phone call recorded with Big Josh, calling her while he was on the run. And I'm going to play you the audio now. This is a recorded phone call between Big Josh and Cassie, while Big Josh was in Alabama, hiding from police. Followed by this is a recorded phone call between Cassie and the detective, where she directly contradicts the first call. Listen, they know everything. You hear me? About what? Everything. There are little two lies with me, right? Yeah. Who killed Trey? Yeah, right. This is Big Josh. Who killed Trey? Cassie, they already know about everything, and you're not going to be in any trouble for helping. Okay, Cassie, it's Detective Russ from Louisville. 
Tell me about the night that Trey was murdered. Who woke you up in your bedroom? Now, I'm not sure who led police to Big Josh and Little Josh's location in Alabama, but someone snitched on them, and they were located by police. Both Big Josh and Little Josh were arrested, with Little Josh being extradited back to Kentucky to face weapon charges. Big Josh would face kidnapping charges in Alabama, and then was supposed to be sent back to Kentucky. However, apparently the woman that he had allegedly tried to kidnap and held a gun to had been someone he had once been sexually involved with, and the case seemed to fall apart, which again is another incident where it's like, why and how is this relevant, and how is he getting away with this kind of stuff? So instead of sending him to Kentucky, they simply released him. He was a free man. The following day, 15-year-old Josh Young was charged for the murder of Trey Zwicker, likely due to cousin Cassie's testimony that he had confessed to the murder and asked her help. Most of the public, including those close to Trey, had initially thought that it would be Big Josh being arrested in connection with Trey's murder. Everyone was shocked to see this doughy-eyed teenager arrested for murdering his stepbrother. In November of 2011, little Josh was indicted on charges of murder and evidence tampering, and he pled not guilty. He maintained that he was innocent and he had no connection whatsoever to Trey's murder. And a big surprise came when it was decided that he would be charged as an adult. While prosecutors were building the case against little Josh, something surprising happened. A year into the prosecution putting their case together against Little Josh, Big Josh, Josh Gauker, came forward and said that it wasn't Little Josh who killed Trey after all, but he was the one who did it. He said that Little Josh was just covering for him, but he couldn't let him take the fall. What did Big Josh say was his motive for the murder? Well, initially he said that Trey had stolen from him, just some food from the barbecue and a lighter and that he had taken Trey to the creek to confront him about it. Then he changed his mind, and he said that Trey's mother, Amanda, had aborted his unborn baby, and so this was payback, a life for a life. Josh Gauker's own mother came forward and told the media that it was her son who committed the murder. She revealed that her son, Big Josh, had confessed to her about the murder shortly after it happened. She said that her grandson, little Josh, was set up by her son, Josh Gauker, Big Josh. And I quote, Him and Amanda were having really bad problems. She aborted two of his kids in 2000 and one of their marriages, and he felt like it was a child for a child. So what was the truth here? Who killed Trey Zwicker? Was it little Josh or Big Josh? If it was little Josh, was Big Josh now feeling bad about being an absent father and covering for him? Or maybe Big Josh really did murder Trey himself and tried to set up little Josh for the murder, but felt bad about it, especially since he was going to be tried as an adult. Who knows? The trial was confusing. 
Little Josh pled not guilty to the murder, and now Big Josh was saying that he was the one who killed Trey, which completely conflicted with a lot of the witness statements. The tricky part in this trial was that there wasn't any physical evidence to point to who the real killer was. They only had witness statements to go by, and oftentimes, these statements conflicted with each other. In one of these statements, cousin Cassie's boyfriend, John Robertson, said, He told me him and Trey went down to the ditch to smoke some weed. He asked him what time it was, and then he hit him in the bat. And after that, he took his clothes off, ran through the neighborhood naked, then took a shower. And what did cousin Cassie have to say? Well, she told the court that little Josh woke her up while she was sleeping in bed with her two children and asked for her help to dispose of the bloody clothes and baseball bat that he had used to kill Trey. Two inmates from a different prison who had spent time with Big Josh in jail told the jury that Big Josh had bragged that he got his son to kill Trey. And I quote, He said that Trey's mom had an abortion of his child and he wanted an eye for an eye, said the inmate Jason Bierman. He said that he didn't have to do much persuasion because his son was a demon child, that he was more than willing to do it. But then Josh Gauker took the stand and he told a completely different story. He claimed that he had killed Trey because Trey had stolen some food from him and a lighter. And he also wanted to get revenge on Trey's mother because she had aborted his child. Here's a clip of Big Josh and his testimony at Little Josh's trial. Can you please state your name for the record? Josh Galker. you speak into the microphone, please? Josh Galker. How are you related to the defendant? It's my son. Where are you currently living? Luckett. What is that? It's a prison. Which prison is it? Luckett. I'm going to need you to speak up a little bit again. Luther Luckett. Will you scoot up just a little bit? Thank you. And what are you serving? Life. For what? Killing Trey. You, did you enter into a guilty plea or did a jury find you guilty? I just pled guilty. Did you have any deal with the Commonwealth when you did so? No. Did you get ever even get an offer from the Commonwealth? No. Um, did you give a version of the facts when you pled guilty? Yep. Can you tell the jury what those were? Uh, what do you mean? The whole thing? Yes. Uh, I mean, that makes it sound like it was about Trey. And it wasn't. It, I mean... Can you tell the jury what you told the judge when you pled guilty? What the facts were? That I killed him for stealing from me and, and for, for keeping on stealing shit, you know? But that wasn't... Really, the re- I mean, I don't know. I, I, it was at the, it just felt right at the time, but that wasn't why I did it. I mean, it's not like uh, I wanted Trey to die, or if I could do it over, I'd kill him again. None of that, you know. It. I mean, his mother killed a couple of mine, and it just felt right. I mean, I know it sounds monstrous and all that shit, but it's not. If we was in the Old Testament, it'd be the same thing. You told the judge in your recitation of the facts that you and Amanda went back and forth between her place and Cassie's. I just told you I don't know if I told him that. I know that we did stay on the back porch that night. That you did stay on the back porch? Yeah. But did you go back and forth between her place and Cassie's place a number of times? Yeah. And that 
you and Amanda got in a fight because she saw some of her stuff at Cassie's place? That's true. What did she see there? Just a bunch of nothing shit. Blankets, pictures, shit like that. Candles, candle holders. Shit that she didn't even use. And she got upset. But you all ultimately went back to her house? Yeah. And you went inside and had sex? Probably. You did or didn't? I mean, several times that night. I don't remember the order. Yeah, we, we, yeah. That's how we fixed our problems. Okay. And so you went in and had sex and then you went and got cigarettes? Yeah, after we fucked, yeah, after one of them times, yeah, we went and got cigarettes. Okay. And then you came back and had sex again? Probably. And that you smoked a blunt? Probably. And you told the judge that after you all smoked the blunt that Amanda fell asleep? Yeah, she fell asleep. And that you went out on the couch to play Mortal Kombat? Yep. And that... While you were out there playing Mortal Kombat, Trey came downstairs? I don't know if he came downstairs or came in from the back porch or whatever, where he came from. I don't know. I know what you're doing. You're trying to make microscopic little holes in the shit that I didn't even give a fuck about two years ago. So how can I tell you the exact thing now when I really didn't give a fuck then? If you're telling the truth... It shouldn't be too hard. I'm right? a fucking... I, yeah, but goddamn, I've lied this whole fucking time. Except for since arraignment. Since arraignment court, I've told you I've done it. I admitted everything I've done. I've been sentenced for it. Life in prison. Yet here I am, going over this same fucking story. So when Trey came downstairs, which is what you told the judge when you pled guilty, he asked you for a cigarette. Is that what you told him? Yeah, he did. And that he pulled his your lighter out of his pocket. Yeah. And that made you mad. I didn't say nothing. I didn't want to argue. I but didn't... it upset you. Yeah. And then you went into the kitchen to get the plate of food that Amanda had put up for you. Right? Yep. And that you found out that he had eaten it. Yeah. So you got mad. Yeah. And you told the judge that you decided to scare him. Right? Yep. And you offered Trey a blunt. Right? I didn't offer him shit. I just smoked with him. Asked him if he wanted to smoke. You asked him if he wanted to smoke. Yeah. Right? And you first went out to the back porch. Yeah. And then you decided to go behind Cassie's. To the garage. To the garage. And then ultimately you went down to the spot, right? What's the spot? This is spot we've all been smoking weed at since we was kids. Now they do it. And that you all, when you got down to the spot, you all did share a blunt that Trey smoked with you. Mm-hmm. Is that a yes? Yeah. And that while you were down there smoking, Trey picked up a metal pipe. Yeah, he was hitting the tree with it. He was beating the tree with it is what you told the judge, right? I don't know what I told him. It seemed like I didn't talk to him that long, but yeah, what you're saying is right, yeah. Okay. And then you told Trey, next time you steal from me, I'm going to treat you like a man. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And then Trey said something about, well, then you'll have a problem with his dad. With no, Jerry. he said, then you and my dad will have a problem, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's when you snapped. Yeah, but he wasn't talking about me and his, me and his dad is going to get in a fight. It, it wasn't ever nothing like that. It, that motherfucker, he, it ain't, he ain't no fighter. He was talking about it. Then what he does is he calls CPS and then gets me and a man and a bunch of shit. That's the problems he's talking about. And that's when you snapped. 
Yeah. And you said you hit him and he went down. Yeah. And when he went down, the metal bar was still in his hand. <laughs> so you punched him to knock him down? Yeah. Is that how you knocked him down? Okay. And then the bar was still in his hand, but you stepped on his hand and took the bar out. Yeah. And then you hit him. And before you knew it, it was over. That's yeah, yeah, a, a good version, yeah. That's a good version? Yeah. Okay. And then you said that you rinsed the pipe off in the water. The creek. The creek water down there? Needs to answer. Yeah. And that then you went to Cassie's and took a shower. All right. Is that a yes? Yeah. Because all your stuff was there, right? Most of it. Most of it. And you took the pipe and your clothes to a dumpster. Is that right? Not that night, but yeah. In the end, despite all of the testimony that was heard implicating little Josh in the murder of Trey, it didn't seem that the jury could ignore the lack of physical evidence present, as well as the testimony from Big Josh that cleared little Josh completely. And so, Josh Young was found not guilty of Trey's Wicker's murder and was released from custody. On the other hand, Big Josh was handed a life sentence for Trey's murder after he waived his right to a trial and pleaded guilty. So what do you think? Did Josh Gelker kill Trey Zwicker or was it really Josh Young? The case was featured on Dr. Phil several years ago where Josh Young maintained his innocence even when faced with sitting directly across from Terry Zwicker, Trey's dad. He said that he had no involvement in the murder whatsoever and that it was his dad who did it. He also denied Cousin Cassie's witness statement about him running into her room the night of the murder, asking for her help to dispose of the murder weapon and clothing. Cassie was also present at the show, and she stood by her story. She was firm on it. But can we believe Cassie? If she's telling the truth, she's also someone who helped to dispose of evidence of the murder of a child. And she didn't tell police until it was too late once the dumpster where they dropped everything was emptied. And those items have never been recovered. And can we really believe her when she is big Josh's cousin and the two had an intimate relationship? They were together all of the time. She could have easily been covering for big Josh. Dr. Phil asked Cassie to take a lie detector test regarding her testimony, and she did. And she failed. Little Josh was also asked to take a lie detector test, regarding whether he killed Trey, and he refused, which a lot of people saw as a sign of guilt. I'm not too sure, but from every true crime podcast I've ever listened to, it's advised to never take the lie detector test, because you don't really have anything to gain from it. If you pass the test, people will say, oh, well, those things aren't 100% accurate, and they won't believe you anyway. But on the other hand, if you fail, like people believe you will, you'll be seen as, without a doubt, guilty. So in my opinion, little Josh not taking a lie detector test doesn't mean as much to me as it seemed to mean to Dr. Phil's audience. I'm not saying that little Josh is innocent. I'm just saying that this doesn't mean he's guilty. And Cassie, she did fail hers when she was questioned about little Josh telling her that he murdered Trey. But Dr. Phil was also able to secure an interview with Big Josh behind bars, and what he said will shock you. I wish I could play the audio, but I don't want to get sued. But I'll just tell you what happened. 
When Dr. Phil questions Big Josh and asks him if he killed Trey, he says no. Dr. Phil asks him why he confessed to Trey's murder, and he says, because they were trying to give little Josh life in prison. Dr. Phil asks him, well then, who did kill Trey? To which Big Josh responds, I think everybody knows who killed Trey. Big Josh was now going back on his story, saying that he didn't actually kill Trey. It was little Josh who did it. This is enough to make your head spin. Just when you think it's over, it's not. Even with his father now saying he killed Trey, little Josh continued to deny it. And that's pretty much where the show ended. It didn't look good for little Josh, especially because of the whole lie detector test thing. But which story can you believe when there seem to be so many different versions? After appearing on the Dr. Phil show, Josh Young would go on to live a life of crime, and he's been in and out of jail for various offenses in the years since he was acquitted. One of these offenses includes a guilty plea in 2014 to allegedly assaulting a witness who had testified against him in Trey's murder trial. Other charges he's faced includes stealing a car and assaulting a girlfriend, public intoxication, and possessing drugs. Well, while serving time behind bars, he seems to have had a change of heart, and he wrote a letter that offered a completely different story than the one he had been telling. He now said that he was the one who killed Trey. It's quite a lengthy letter, but I'll read you some of it here and I'll post the full letter over on my Patreon page. Hello, my name is Joshua Young. I'm 22 years old and I am ready to get the truth out there. I am nationally known and even more so locally as the boy who got acquitted of killing his stepbrother. In May of 2011, Terrence Trey Zwicker was discovered behind Liberty High School in Louisville, Kentucky. He was beat to death with a Louisville slugger. I killed him. I was arrested on June 23, 2011 and charged with the murder of Trey. I was 15 years old at the time of the murder and I was incarcerated 25 and a half months until the case was resolved. On August 9, 2013, I was acquitted, found not guilty by a jury of my peers. But let me back up a little bit because I skipped a few important details. On May 10th, 2011, I murdered Trey Zwicker. I murdered him alone. It was not planned. It was not a plot. And there was nobody else involved in any kind of way. I acted alone. And by my father's lies and him admitting to a murder he had no involvement in, I was spared a life sentence and granted freedom. Let me explain, as I previously mentioned, I was arrested on the 23rd of June, 2011, and my father was indicted the following year and charged with the murder also. The Commonwealth charged me as an adult, meaning that I would face a life sentence if, if convicted. As this was taking place, my father decided to lie and take the blame for my actions. By doing this, he hoped that I would be freed and sent home. So on May 10th, 2013, at a routine pretrial conference, my father changed his plea to a guilty plea and he lied to the judge and told him that he killed Trey and that he acted alone. In the letter when he speaks of the night of the murder, Josh says that he went to the barbecue and after it was over, he said he headed to his cousin Cassie's house and Trey went home. Later that night, Trey and little Josh met behind Liberty, which is the high school, to smoke marijuana. I had some weed, he recalled, and I took him out behind Liberty. And like, I didn't really plan it. I can't remember the exact words he said down there smoking. 
but he got a little smart and I was young. You know, my brain wasn't fully developed and my thought process was altered because of maybe a little weed. So I'm not in my right state of mind and I just had enough of him saying little smart shit. Before I knew it, I done hit him with a baseball bat and once I hit him, I just couldn't stop hitting him. And that's something that I haven't publicly told anyone until now. So, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Soon after Trey's death, little Josh got a teardrop tattoo, which is typically associated with gang-related killings. However, he admitted that his tattoo was for Trey. There's something about that, just reading that, that broke my heart. If you look at old photos and old media footage, little Josh really just was this broken little kid. And now he's turned out, unfortunately, to be much like his father. In and out of prison, violent, and hardened. And... Big Josh, he continues to say that he lied for little Josh. In a media interview, Big Josh said that while he did not commit the murder, he feels responsible for encouraging violence between the two boys. He could tell that there was tension between the teens and he would tell them to fight it out. But he said he didn't think he would get that bad. He maintains that he lied about the murder to keep little Josh from getting charged as an adult, but that it was a mistake. So what do you think of all this mess? Who is covering for who? We know that Big Josh, Josh Gauker, is a violent, manipulative man, so it's difficult to say what the truth is or who he would be able to convince to cover for him. Was this a matter of little Josh, Josh Young, becoming violent and killing his stepbrother Trey? Little Josh had a very difficult upbringing. With the loss of his mother and finding her body, being in and out of foster care, having a father in jail most of his life, and then being violent and abusive towards him once he was out of jail. Could all of this just have been built up to create a murderer? Or is it Big Josh, Josh Gauker, such a narcissist that he would kill a child, his stepson, over stolen food, or the fact that his mother had supposedly aborted his child? And then would he try to blame it on his son until he realized that little Josh would be tried as an adult? And is all of this just a big game because little Josh can't be tried for Trey's murder again no matter what he says now? Is he just trying to help his father get out of jail? I can't see Big Josh saving anybody but himself. I mean, just the fact that he turned the little Josh in to begin with, I can't see him ever doing anything for anyone but himself because he's that's just how he is. He's like that. I would find it very hard to believe that he would try to save his son from prison. Well, of course, I always had a hard time believing little Josh would have anything to do with it. But, you know, to me, he was like my own kid. I mean, I loved him like my own kid. And, you know, he would write me letters. He sent me a Mother's Day card, you know, stuff like that. There are so many unanswered questions in this story. And I don't think we'll ever know the full truth. Even with all of these unknowns, it's important to remember Trey in all of this and not let him be forgotten in this game that seems to be at play. It's also important to not let people like Josh Gauker out of prison ever. It's clear that he's violent, he's manipulative, and he doesn't care about anyone except for himself. He is an absolute danger to everyone around him. Are you still afraid of Josh Gauker to this day? Oh, yes. When um, a couple years ago, when little Josh messaged me and told me 
his dad said hi. I had nightmares for days. It freaked me out. I was scared and I was, I mean, I've moved a few times, so I don't think, think he would know where I am. But if, if he ever got out or got a hold of me, and anytime I'm signed up for that Vine thing that gives you notifications, and every time I get one, I freak out because I'm afraid he got let out or something. Usually it's just a transfer. But yeah, I'm still scared of him. I know if I ever saw him again, he would kill me. People are always telling you to be careful, like people on the internet and people you don't know, but people that you think you know. This was somebody I thought I'd known my whole, or I grew up with, and I'd known my whole life, basically. Stay away from people in prison. You don't write them in prison. They say they changed, and they don't. Especially, like, I grew up, we grew up in church, kind of had a sheltered life, very strict. So, you know, you think they changed. No, because some people are just like this. I think he was always like this. It's just the way he has always been. So I don't think anything could have made him change. That's it for me tonight. I want to give a big special thanks to Nicolette for sharing her story with me. I know it wasn't easy, but having her insight into this case was just so crucial to have the full picture. Please, everyone said nothing but love and kindness her way because she was another victim here subjected to Josh Gauker's lies and abuse. I have my full interview with Nicolette posted over on my Patreon page if you're interested in checking it out. Make sure you head to patreon.com slash serialnapper. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at serialnapper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. I'd love to hear what you think, especially on this subject. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye.